0: Copyrighted program
1: created by Rio Grande. Alameda County Sheriff's Office calling all cars, sentencing sheriff's cars, broadcast 207
0: regarding a murder at 795 Pine Bell Court in Hayward. That's all.
1: No Roll the
0: of the world's leading child specialists praise the scientific methods used by Dr. Defoe and his staff in caring for the DeLong-Quinth of the It is little wonder that many of you parents follow the same formula in caring for your own children. It is natural for us to profit by the experience of others when that experience is crowned with success. And so it is easy to understand why so many thousands of you motorists have followed the lead of the most noted gasoline specialists to recommend and use Rio Grande Cratch gasoline. These men, the drivers of your police cars, ambulances, fire engines, and other emergency public service cars, chose Rio Grande Cratch over all other gasoline for its quicker starting, steadier acceleration, longer mileage, greater reserve power, and higher speed capacity.
1: Their
0: continued and exclusive use of Rio Grande Cratch is based upon 55 million miles of experience during a single 12-month period. Profit by the valuable experience of those who drive the most in the heart. Wheel into your nearest Rio Grande station tomorrow morning and begin getting police car performance in your own car with Rio Grande Classic, the gasoline that is preferred by stinking motorists throughout the West. Inasmuch as the story we are to hear tonight was taken from the confidential files of the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, we have asked Sheriff M.D. Driver of Alameda County to open our program. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. In this series of programs, Rio Grande and its law enforcement work is constantly played in one key, the failure of crime to be a paying proposition. If an individual contemplating a crime, no matter what the motive, could know what every law enforcement officer knows, we would have no crime problem. The lawbreaker, in his fine opinion of himself, thinks that he can pit his wits against the experience of a host of officers. Such a man lacks intelligence. If he was intelligent, he wouldn't think that way. For a moment's calm consideration of the situation will tell him that his crime won't pay. I hope that this broadcast, like others in our sponsor's history, will prove the futility of crime. Take it from me, you can't get away with it. The scream of a siren knife to the din of a driving rainstorm as Deputy carrot Douglas Webb and Grover Mull said to the gathering night. not this That's all right. Nobody yet. Carl Daniels out in Hayward has been shot. Not expected to live. Who's got him? Nobody knows. Not even Daniels? No. there the rest of the family. Out all day. How did it happen? Oh, the old man came in and found a masked man in the house. Get a good look at him? I don't know. Daniels is still unconscious. Crawler? Maybe, maybe not. Now watch that truck. It doesn't make sense for an ordinary follower to shoot a man down in his own house usually seated out a back door, this guy left by the front. Now, where'd you get all the dope? Oh, over the telephone. Killer must be either an amateur or a maniac. Or else, or, or else is right. Where does the old man live? So with his daughter and son-in-law in Hayward. prominent citizen out here. Yeah, I know it. I've known him for years. Well, maybe this case will give you a chance for that photographic hobby of yours. I hope so. I don't like for a case to break too easy. Winding street lights, through the rain-drenched town, into the frosty, settled countryside. By lonely farmhouses, flew the police car, Sirens lashing the storm-tortured night. All the fury of fast motion, the rain dripping at the windshield, throbbing motor, winding trees, and screaming sirens blended into a fiendish symphony of trouble and impending terror. Last, the car swung into a gravelled roadway and slid to a stop in front of a house in Pinedale
1: Park.
0: <coughs> Early then, my lad. Huh? Are the lights in the place on? From the look of it, ominously quiet. Otherwise, which marks you as deaf or unobservant? Hear that radio? Huh. That's odd, isn't it? Jerry, let's go in. Are you in the habit of walking in blood? What? Take a look at the floor. Oh, something ought to be done about that. Oh, thank
2: God you've come. We've been nearly crazy since we heard a father's shooting. Uh,
0: what's, uh, what's your name, please? Uh, I'm Mrs. Mitchell.
2: Mrs. Daniel's daughter.
1: This is
0: my husband. Oh, please sit down. Where's your father? He's been taken to the hospital. When did you find out about this? When we got home a few minutes ago. Dr. Struble was here. Who is he? Oh, he's our next door neighbor. He gave my father-in-law first aid and sent him to the hospital. What hospital? The Hayward Sanitarium.
2: Do you mind if I shut this radio off?
0: No, no, no. Of course not. Oh, quiet without that thing. Uh, now, Mrs. Mitchell, please tell us exactly what happened.
2: Oh, very much I can tell. We got home about 20 minutes ago. That is everything else. He we was surprised to find the front door party open. And he thought that maybe Father had left it that way. He walked in and...
0: Right
2: into
0: that. That Oh, pool of blood. Oh, my oh, can't you make us as brief as possible, gentlemen? My wife's under an awful strain.
1: Yes,
0: we can see that. Well, she can't stand very much questioning. Yeah, that's plain. Neither one of us knows very much about this crown. Right after we got home, Dr. Struble came over and told us about it. Uh, How did this doctor find out about it? Well, his Father tagged it into his house. He'd been shot near a abdomen, but he managed to gasp out that he'd been shot by a masked man. Here, in the hallway? Yes, then evidently the man has been waiting for him. Did your father-in-law have any enemies that you know of? None that I know anything about. Was your father-in-law far far out most of the day? Yes, he just returned. From what Doctor Scrubble told us, father didn't know the man and couldn't give any reason for the attack. Have you been to the hospital yet? No, we would have gone right over there, but we knew you officers would be here in a little while, and well, we wanted to be here when you came. And you don't know of any enemies he might have had? Oh, no. Oh, he was the kindest and gentlest man I ever knew. Well, there isn't a person living who would have heard him. Yet somebody did. Uh, have you looked to see if any valuables are missing? Oh, no, we haven't. And oh, my wife is too much upset. Oh, by the way, can I remove that blood, Oh, yes, surely. But don't disturb anything else. Oh, I'd like to clean that rug, too, if I may. Yes, go ahead. No, no. I better leave that. We'll be wanting to take that to headquarters. Well, keep these people busy while I let around i outside. Uh, okay. With the suddenness characteristic of a California rain, the storm had lulled. A gibbous moon, shouldered over Grizzly Peak, as chipped and Mull, flight flight in hand, prepared to survey the scene. Banana trees waved their monstrous leaves like clouds from the dead. All palms rustled and shuffled in a ribald cattle of diabolic glee. With his flashlight, Mull faced the almost washed out trail of blood over the sinister tracks the wounded man had followed. At the corner of the steps leading to the Mitchell home, Mull discovered a footprint. He was preparing to remove the turf when a police car pulled at the curb. What's going on, I just found what looks like a fairly good footprint. I got a call on this a few minutes ago. Figured it's about time the chief of police got on the job. So far, we've found absolutely nothing in the case except this footprint. Yeah, let's have a look at it. There it is, right there by that bush. Hmm. Must have been a fairly large man, and evidently in a hurry. Yeah, must have been, judging by the distance this print is from the steps. So far, that footprint and the bloody rug are the people's exhibits in this case. Shine your light down here a minute, will you? Yeah, it's a pretty clear print. Hmm. Grover, take a look at it. What's wrong? Nothing. See that little lump of mud? Yeah, but there's lots of mud in that print. Yeah, but take this magnifying glass and have a close look. That lump right there. That was on the man's foot before he came to this house. How do you know? Well, you'll notice there isn't another piece of mud around here exactly like that one on the print. Uh, what's different about this one? You see those tiny reddy particles in there? They're iron or some other metallic substance. Oh, I do see them, now. They sort of gleam under the light. Where I doped this out is that the killer picked this mud up in some other part of town. It clung to his shoe right where the heel joins the sole, and when he jumped down here, it was jarred loose. Well, it does fit that position on the footprint. It may sound fantastic, but I have an idea that if we find where that mud came from, we'll know a lot more about who shot Daniels. Boy, that's doping it out to a fine point. Well, it's not as impossible as it sounds. <laughs> not much. No, it isn't. My men know every inch of this town. We'll simply search till we find a spot that matches this specimen. Just yep, like that, huh? Yeah. And when we found it, we'll investigate every house and person in that neighborhood till we find somebody who's seen the man who made that print. Well, oh, you can think of the hardest job. Well, there's no telling what we'll uncover. Well, we'll just take this little dab of mud, put it in this envelope, and take it with us. Well, anyway, I think I'll dig this print up and stay it in and have the boys make a moulage of it. Oh, and uh, I think it might be a good idea to try young Mitchell's shoes in that print, too. And Daniel's, for that matter. The footprint was best against every possible shoe that could have made it. Yet no one was found who had been near the house on the fateful night. Every resident of Dale Court was with but no one has seen or heard anything out of the ordinary. Next morning, Webb and Mull need to compare notes on the investigation. Webb, I have thought about this case all night. I've got an uncanny feeling that we've overlooked a bet someplace. Not that I want to appear repetitious, but so have I. I refuse to believe in an absolutely clueless crime. What do you mean, clueless? Oh, there's a clue somewhere, if we can only find it. How do you figure this one is clueless? There's the footprint and that thick of mud. Oh, I'm not forgetting that, but that footprint is good only as circumstantial evidence after we get our man. But how about that mud? Well, yeah, between you and me, Doug, it's a thousand to one shot that Chief Silver or his men will never find the place it came from. Well no? I got a feeling we've overlooked something that's vital. Yet it's so obvious that we haven't noticed it. Why don't we go out and check over the place again? Wait a minute. I got it. That's what. Remember that radio? What about it? Well, when he started talking to Mrs. Mitchell, she reached over and turned it off. Remember? Now that you recall it... I do. Doesn't that strike you as a false note? How? Oh. Why should the radio have been playing at all? By George, you're right. Remember, they they say they had just arrived. And when they came in, they found the place open and blood on the floor. Yeah. It's not very likely that under those circumstances they'd turn on the radio, is it? Not Very. Of course, people do strange things under the stress of emotion, but I doubt very much whether they'd tune in a jazz program. Uh, maybe Daniel. can. No, he couldn't have. According to the story he told Dr. Struble, he was shot immediately after stepping into the house. He wouldn't have stopped to turn on the radio after that. No, not very likely. His main idea was to get help. All right. Now, let's shoot out there and look into this. <laughs> Mr. Mitchell, we're checking every angle on this shooting. It just occurred to us that there was something a little strange about that radio playing at your house last night. Radio? Oh, that's right. But that radio wasn't working yesterday morning. What? It wasn't working? Maybe we well, heard it playing last night. Oh, I know it. We don't remember my wife shutting it off. We didn't notice it at the time, but that radio's been broken for about three days. Are you sure of that? Oh, I'm positive. I remember wanting to hear a news broadcast yesterday morning. My wife reminded me that I'd forgotten to call the repairman. We were going to send it to the shop today. Yet it was playing perfectly last night. You're sure your wife didn't uh, have a man repair the radio? Oh, very sure. As a matter of fact, we talked about it on the way home last night. Well, since you and your wife weren't home, it was obviously impossible for you to turn it on. It doesn't seem very likely that your father-in-law did. That leaves only the gunman. And that's fantastic. Oh, maybe, but it's the best theory we've got right now. Uh, by the way, uh, Mr. Mitchell, did you find any articles missing from the house? Oh, yes. Uh, several pieces of silver are gone, and some old jewelry we kept upstairs in Father's bedroom. I think we'd better take a look at that radio. Let's see if it works now.
1: Working now,
0: all right. Wait, let's see. Take a little time to heat up. You ought to have one right there in the movie. Well, that settled it. Here's where I get busy with that fingerprint camera. You picked yourself out a real job this time. Don't worry. If they're here, I'll get them. You'll probably find plenty of them. How can you tell which are the new ones? You can't. How is finding prints on the radio going to help catch the man who shot my father-in-law? That's a job for Harndon, our identification expert. (laughs) In the direction, a check was made of every radio salesman or chairman who might have handled the interior parts of the radio. All of them were possible suspects, but one by one, each was eliminated. Meanwhile, the work of Chief of Police Silver, and his men was going on in another part of town. Then, on the fifth day after the shooting, Carl Daniels died. Slowly, remorselessly, the net of the law tightened around the player. Hello, Silver. I came over as soon as I got your call. What news? Well, Mayo, I've got a description of your Phantom Gunman. What? That's right. Did you get us that piece of mud? That's right, too. But how? Well, we went over this town practically inch by inch. Finally, we found the same kind of earth in a gully out on the edge of town. We went over every square inch of that gully. Good Lord, man, that's an awful amount of work. Oh, we don't worry about that when it's necessary to trap the killer. What else did you find? Well, at one point in the gully, we found what was less of a lunch. You know, eggshells, pieces of bread, and... It's water soap newspaper. Yeah, handout, huh? That's what we figure. Now, that lunch must have been put up by some housewife. There was a penciled notation of some sort on the margin of the newspaper. I'm now checking another house in the neighborhood, trying to find the house where that lunch came from. Oh, but there are 5,600 homes in this town. Okay, we've got them all. we find where that lunch in that newspaper came from. See, Silver City. Yeah? All right, I'll be right out. That was Max. He found the woman who put up that lunch. And Mrs. Rowland, what a break. Wait a minute. Let's take a rundown and see if Arndon's got anything definite on those prints. Maybe we can get something for this woman to identify. Well, Arndon, what have you found out about those prints in the Daniels case? I've eliminated five of them. The sixth belongs to a man named Reed. Here's the card. Yeah, we're getting hot, Louis. Mm. Joseph M. Reed, alias Rogers and Davis, San Quentin, 1923. Assault of Benley weapon, served six years. Venice, 1929. Got a picture of this bird, him? Yeah, right here. A mud picture. Mm. Mrs. Rowland ought to be able to identify that. Yes, that what of man. He'll have a hard time explaining how his fingerprints got on Mitchell's radio if he isn't our man. Well, by the way, did you list that stolen silver and jewelry with a pawn cut? Yeah, with every shot in the Bay Region. Good. That'll help. Let's show this stuff to Mrs. Rowland and see what she says. Mrs. Rowland, we're trying to get a line on the man who shot Charles Daniels. One of my men reports that you've recognized this newspaper as one you wrapped the lunch in a few days ago.
2: Yes, that's the paper, all right. I remember that man coming to the back door here, asking for something to eat. That was the day Mr. Daniels was shot. I remember the rain that was raining at the time, as a matter of fact.
0: Do you remember what the man looked like?
2: Well, he wasn't a very big man. About your size, I think. He was rather dark. He had a little mustache. He was rather short. He had very deep lines at the corners of his mouth and between his eyes.
0: Uh, is this picture anything like the man?
2: Well, it's the same man.
0: Are you sure of that?
2: I'm positive. I'll never forget just how that man looks. His right ear stood out a little, just as it does right there in the picture.
0: Miss Rowland, we want you to be certain about this.
2: Oh, I'm very certain. That's a picture of the man I gave the lunch to, all right.
0: you remember which way he went after he gave the lunch to him?
2: Yes, he went down toward that little creek there, that, that gully down there in the next floor.
0: Well, thank you, Mrs. Rowland. Oh, uh, we may have to call you again if we get this man. We need a personal identification. Well, that's
2: all right. I'll be glad to identify
0: him any time I see him again. Well, Grover, looks like we're getting hotter. Yeah, it looks that way, but I still don't get the motive for the crime. Well, I haven't any doubt about Reed doing the job, though. Have you? No, but there are a lot of things unexplained. That's radio, for instance. He's got me, too. I can't figure that one out. I'm going have the office to check up on this Reed guy a little further. Three months go by. Officers continue to be on the lookout for the slayer of Carl Daniels. Then, one rainy afternoon, exactly three months to the day from the time of the murder, the telephone in the office of Deputy Mull speaks a sinister alarm.
1: Sheriff's
0: office, Mull speaking.
1: I'm on the There's a fellow down here trying to sell some
0: of the things he described to me. Those thieves have been stolen from the Daniel's plane. Keep him there by some hook or
1: crook. I'll
0: be right down. Hurry, Jared. Hey, what are you trying to do? Hit me? It's just worth ten times, your amount. mark. Five dollars is all I could give you. No more than my own mother. Why, you little runny. I ought to poke you in the nose. So go ahead. I still wouldn't give you any more than five dollars. That's not enough, Reed. Come along with me. Who are you? Sheriff's office. Try and make me copper. All right, oh, my copper is
1: my unbreakable job. I'm right behind that side
0: stand on the sidewalk. Keep out of sight. A copper is on me. I'm on my fine plate glass
1: window him. That ought to be all
0: he's got. All right, Reed, get him up. You wouldn't have got me tougher if I'd have had any more bullets. Yeah, maybe not. Come on, you mug. I'll hold you for a while. Hello, Webb. Where were you during the excitement? Out on another call. Who's your friend? This is Joe Reed, the gentleman we strongly suspect of killing Carl Daniels. He also tried to put a few slugs into me. How about it, Reed? Uh, which you. Sure, I killed him. Why? Mm. I don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Suppose, uh, suppose you tell us about it. Of course, we're going to use anything you say against her. You know that. Yeah, sure. Are you the man Mrs. Rowland gave the hand out to? Yeah. Yeah, with Stroke. I went by a place, was gonna break in and see what I could find, but she was home. But she said to for a handout. What? Uh, what did you do then? I went down the gully and with the woman. What were you doing in Hayward in the first place?
1: Yeah,
0: I always worked a little time. You can get into places easy, and if folks are home, you can usually get something to eat. How did you happen to get into the Mitchell place? Yeah, it was it was just an accident. I didn't pick it for no special reason. I just started working at the counter. So it's going to work my way along the block. How did you get in? I used the skeleton key on the side door. Did you turn on that radio? Sure. Sure, I always do that. It makes your neighbors think the folks at home. You aren't expecting nothing? But the nickel radio was out of order. Sure. But I fixed it. I used to fix radios in Quentin. I learned it there. How come we didn't find any fingerprints except on the radio? I always wear gloves when I work it keeps my hands clean. I had to kick them off when I fixed the radio, though. That was a mistake. Yeah, I know that now. How did you happen to shoot, Daniel? Well, I, I was upstairs going to discuss the drugs, and I looked out, and I see this fellow coming up to walk. I run downstairs, and I come in the front door let him have it. But why? I
1: don't, I don't know.
0: I just think this sad to uh, What did you do after you got away? I went over to Frisco and got me a room, gave the jewelry to my girlfriend, and she it. But you tried to me, Tommy. I took it away from him. And tried to sell it to Sally, huh? Sure. And he did it, so. Uh, Where's this girlfriend now? Uh, she went down to Mexico City. Some very deadly one. Now
1: listen to me, Consita.
0: i tell told you many times. I will not stand for you being with Pablo.
2: Or do you think you ought to be telling me who I can believe and who I cannot?
0: Just the same, I am telling you. And you are going to do as I say. Listen.
2: I sent better men than you are to jail in this space.
0: See, I know what you mean, I suppose. Like your boyfriend,
2: Reed, eh? Don't say anything about me. At least he was right. He's more than you are. Ah,
1: uh, tu uh, cochina de you talk me?
2: Nothing that's too bad. What do you think I'm trying to do? Please, Pancho, don't do that. Uh. Uh. All
0: right, but remember... Next time, I won't let you off so easy.
2: I remember.
0: Uh, where is all that jewelry you said this ring gave you?
2: He took it away from me.
0: Don't lie to me. I told you when you went to San Francisco not to come back without money. Or something I could get money with. I am not lying, Corcho.
2: You. you did take this stuff away from me. That is why I come back.
0: Uh, you came back. What good are you to me unless you bring me money? <laughs>
2: Is that all I mean to you, Poncho?
1: Why not? What else? Because I love you,
2: Poncho. Love from you? From oh, the <laughs> true Ponchito. I'm so in the with you. I'd do anything for you.
1: Get <laughs> over
2: oh, You cheat me for the last time, Poncho. Oh, put down the knife. Put it down. No, put it down no, no, I am going to kill you. He was, he uh, 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 on you me. try to kill Pancho, eh? You try to kill him, eh? You try
0: to kill him, eh? Tell me How come you guys was looking for me? I didn't leave no traces of my work except your radio. Well, we got some pretty good prints off of that radio, and Chief silvers men traced you by the mud you left in that footprint in front of the Mitchell house. Gee. I never thought of this. I knowed my old lady was right. She always told me to wipe the mud off in my teeth. Speaking of crime, some motor fuels are guilty of treason on the highways in that they contribute to the delinquency of your motor. That kind of crime does not pay either. This advertising world is filled with extravagant claims and glowing promises, But you can't fool all the people all the time. As a matter of fact, you can't fool the truly motor-wise any of the time. The officials of 30 leading cities and counties throughout California know what they are doing when, after putting all motor fuels through their paces, they issue orders that only Rio Grande crash gasoline shall be used to power their emergency equipment. They were looking for a gasoline that would deliver maximum performance at a minimum expenditure of the taxpayer's money, and they found it in Rio Grande, Class. We do not ask that you take our word for it. We do believe that the experience of these officials is an eloquent, unsolicited, and unpaid for testimonial that should convince every prudent motorist to find out for himself. Do this very thing tomorrow morning. Drop in at the nearest Rio Grande station. Fill up with real gun to crack the and you will discover the meaning of real police car performance. Reed, in view of his confession, received a life sentence in San Quentin, where he is now incarcerated. Thus ended a case that was a mixture of modern criminological science and old time tried and true police methods. And thus is added to the records another crime that did not pay. The Sheriff's Office calling all cars, attention all cares, cars, a camp plate, and broadcast 207 regarding murder. Suspects of this case are now in custody. That's all. Rolls and Wednesday, you good night for Rio Grande.